0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are live. Welcome to the NFL Strategy Show. Lineup Construction Edition. I am Josh Engelman and I am joined by the boss man himself, Alex Baker. Alex, what's going on?
2: Josh, man, uh, great to uh, be on the airwaves with you here again. So looking forward to, to talking some NFL. I mean, had a great return of the league last night. Absolutely, and I'm I'm sure you threw in some lineups trying to get that million. Unfortunately, none of us managed to to win a million dollars. But how did uh you fare last night? Uh, did not fare all
0: that well. That's fine. I, I am not suddenly joining you in the ranks of being a millionaire, unfortunately. But uh, you know well. <laughs> We'll take what we can get. Uh, it was a fun. It was fun to see the NFL back. I was happy. Between that and basketball, it was really nice to just have like a lot of sports going on. The same sort of scenario is going to be happening over these next couple of days. We're going to have some sort of high end NBA game every single day that we have NFL for the you know next two weeks or so. So that should be a pretty good time. Just tons of sports right now. It's great. No,
2: it's, it's wild. It's a lot. Uh, if you're a big MLB, NBA, and NFL. A dfs fan but gotta love it so i like especially it's kind of cool because the lock isn't at the same time because yeah. i know they're usually bunched up
0: yeah it's going to be a good one for tonight um as you come in the door for this nfl show be sure to hit the like button subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell you guys know the drill from me we have content wall to wall today uh and we're covering every single sport nba mlb and nfl are all getting touched on we've got another nfl show coming up immediately after this so stay tuned for that so alex and i are going to look at dk and fanduel uh, potential lineup construction strategies we're going to take a look at the osmo.com lineup builder Uh, we're going to take a look at some lineup study and sort of the way that lineups were constructed last year during week one we've got fantasy cruncher up we might build some lineups we can touch on so much and we already have 55 minutes to go. It's going to be a good one. I mean, I'm excited to dive into this with you.
2: Definitely. I mean, week one, they have the biggest prizes. And if we can get one of these tournaments, it'll be a good season. Uh, well, it will. It will. I would really like to
0: start off the NFL season with a, at, even if my profit is a penny, a profitable week one will change my outlook on the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Definitely. I mean, we lost so much DFS due to COVID. So... It feels like the year is just beginning now to some extent.
0: (laughs) So right now I have lineup study pulled up for last year. Uh, I have the the $9 slant from DK. Uh, I think that's like the best sort of middle ground tournament where the, obviously the Millie makers are going to have, you know, 200,000 entries and it gets pretty crazy. I think this one's the the perfect balance. Um, We saw the winning lineup put up 278 week one last year. An ownership total of 90% um, with a quarterback, two wide receiver, bring one back stack. That's what took it down. Now, the ownership for week one in the NFL last year looks a bit different than what we are projecting right now on AwesomeO.com. It's pretty flat. We have on DK, Christian McCaffrey, 22% is the highest owned player that we have projected. Last year, Dalvin Cook... 41% ownership, Leonard Fournette, 33% ownership, Chris Carson, 32, D.D. Westbrook, 27. So all four of those guys significantly ahead of the pace. I know that we can't just look at it one-to-one, and obviously there's not really much correlation between 2019 and 2020, but does anything stand out to you from an ownership perspective for this year, um, given how flat it is at the top?
1: You're muted. Can't hear you. Is it just me that can't hear you? (laughs) Alex, I can't hear you. I got you.
0: Yeah, there is no audio for you for me right now. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm assuming that you can't. We will slowly but surely get the boss man back. I hope that he heard anything that I said. That would be helpful. Um, I've got ownership pulled up on the screen. You guys can see it right now. I, I'm expecting to see a bit of a different build. While Alex, while Alex gets himself back... Um, okay, good. The chat can't hear you. They can hear me. So that works perfectly. Alex, if you can at any point in time hear me, feel free to just start shouting and cut me off. I can recrop us as necessary. The good old days everybody it's the good old days there he is <laughs>
2: uh, i'm back you okay know, sorry about that like for some reason man like you'd think that just plugging in headphones would be easy on your computer but it's not been working for me today <laughs> at all
0: so did you hear anything that i said
2: no but let's just keep rolling. <laughs> okay well no no that's
0: that that's fine i could i could, I could uh, bring it back so um, we had some pretty extremes in ownership in Week One last year. Dalvin Cook at forty percent, Leonard Fournette thirty-three, Chris Carson thirty. The highest guy we have this week is Christian McCaffrey at twenty-two. Does the ownership play a different role to you compared to where we were last year when it's so flat at the top?
2: I know, like the the size did a really good job of pricing everybody, and it makes it hard to really. Uh, fade the chalk to some extent. And then, like, there there are some injuries that could come in uh, this week. Like, I know Cortland Sutton, Kenny Galladay, yeah. there's some questions if they're going to play. Maybe if that ends up, uh, if some guys end up missing games, then you get underpriced players on those teams. But we haven't seen anything like that confirmed yet. So it's really going to be all about, like, the overall line of construction rather than trying to pick the best plays I think because mm-hmm. there aren't any plays that really separate from the crowd
0: that, that was sort of where I was trying to lead this does ownership really matter all that much if 80 percent of the lineups don't have the most owned player
2: I think it does yeah because I mean a lot of these tournaments you're competing against 100,000 or more people and the number of people that have a similar line of construction to you, that, that number just makes it way tougher. Okay. And uh, later in the week, uh, I'm hoping to get my top stacks up today, which is a nice tool to help kind of uh, get the line of construction going. But also, I'm, I'm going to be focused a lot this week on just getting the right line of constructions as far as like the stacking, like running it back and stuff like that, because I think that will be important
0: so speaking of the stacking and as i mentioned in the intro alex you did not hear this the winning lineup from last year quarterback two wide receivers brought one back from the other side but we saw a nice mix in the top 10 of the slant quarterback one wide receiver bringing it back a fully unstacked version um no stacking whatsoever one with you know quarterback defense which isn't really a stack uh is there anything that you think is like the perfect baseline for people? If you're going to be playing and you're speaking in generalities to the public, is there a theory that you think lands better than others?
2: I think it, you got to just use common sense with your lineup. So like you don't need to stack necessarily, but if you're not stacking, you need Lamar or Cam Newton as your quarterback, because for other quarterbacks, you know, the the fantasy upside is really if the receivers go off. So Like nailing the receivers is always difficult in the first place. Yeah. So just having that sack kind of guarantees like it's a two for one, and that makes it easier to hit the winning combo. Now, um, running back like is really important sometimes because you need.
0: Alex, if you could hear me, we lost you
1: again. Nothing. Nothing.
0: Still nothing still nothing uh Mike Diamond, your question in YouTube chat is the top stacks tool out for the NFL main slate yet? Uh, no, Alex just mentioned he's going to be trying to get that out for today. He yeah yeah uh, other Josh, yeah, he gone again. he gone again. We got this, guys, don't worry. we still have 45 minutes, plenty to talk about There's still nothing from Alex, Alex, I'm going to keep talking, so you look at the screen. if you can hear me, great. I cannot hear you yet. Okay. Now I can hear you.
2: All right. Back in uh, business. Yes. Sorry about the technical difficulties. This is quite the morning. But um, all right. So it, it depends a lot on, on who you're stacking. Yeah. And a good example is last night. I mean, we didn't have a, a large slate. But if you're stacking Houston, you might not need to run it back with the Chief because – they're all so expensive that they could just have a decent performance and not stand out, and the Texans still have that passing game script like the whole night, basically, or well, we pretty much saw that last night. I mean Sammy Watkins was an exception. he He got like, twenty one points. Yeah. that would've been really nice if you had a GPP lineup. but um if you're playing the Chiefs on the other hand, that's when you really want to run it back because. You, you want Houston to stay in the game to some extent and everyone on Houston is kind of cheap. So if that's going to happen, like they're going to have to overperform a little bit. And uh, that's kind of how I'm approaching uh, running it back this week. How, how about you? How do you feel about the game stacks?
0: Um, I, I think it's a little dependent on the game <clears throat> itself. I, I think obviously there are going to be games that lend themselves more to a game stack than others. Um. And sort of just even the, like the makeup of the salary on the other team is, is important, especially for the pass catchers. Uh, it's not, it's probably not going to be as important to be bringing it back with a bunch of low salary guys. That could be essentially random. Whereas if you're bringing it back against a team, say what would be a really good example here? Um, the The Packers to an extent, like, if if you're playing Minnesota, I'd feel comfortable bringing it back with Devontae Adams. I don't necessarily think that I need to bring it back with anything much lower than that. Whereas in some other teams, like you're really sort of sifting between three also rands. Uh, I don't know. I it, It's tricky. I, I battle through this. The most likely scenario for me is that I do both. I have a crunch of bringing a decent chunk of the linos back, and then I have a chunk of lineups where i'm not bringing it back at all and i sort of sift through it after the fact but that's not really going that's more of a dfs 301 type class and not a dfs (laughs) 101 type class so if you're a if you're a single lineup builder i don't think that there's a right or wrong answer Uh, you just want to be very cognizant of how you're building that lineup and we'll touch on that a little bit uh, as we start building
2: yeah, I mean, with single entry, it's great because you got to spend so much time thinking about all the decisions you're making. Yeah. So you really have time to, to dig down into like the exact composition of your lineup. So you're right. Like, if your team is uh, the Green Bay this week, they're playing Minnesota. So if you're stacking up Cousins, to Thielen, first of all, like you have to know with Minnesota, they're a run first team. So for them to pass the ball a lot, Green Bay is going to need to be putting up some good points. So, like, obviously in that situation, you're going to want Adams in your lineup. If you go down to Alan Lazard, I mean, there's still a correlation there because if Alan Lazard goes off, then Minnesota will be uh, passing more. But obviously that's not as high a probability play.
0: Right. Yeah, we have – you have, uh, in particular, Adams projected for almost twice as many – points is Alan Lazard. He's just going to be getting there a lot more often um than Lazard. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on here. Do you do anything like majorly different between playing on FanDuel and DraftKings? Or is it largely the same aside from just the, you know, the lack of the full point PPR?
2: Yeah, I think that point five PPR versus full point PPR makes a big difference because it just makes wide receivers way, way harder to hit. And that increases your incentive to sacking because if your quarterback throws, uh, if, if Devontae Adams goes for eight and 110 or something, like Aaron Rodgers isn't going to necessarily have a good game. But on, uh, on FanDuel, like eight and 110 isn't nearly as good as on DraftKings, right? Because right. of the extra three-point bonus and then you get the four extra points for PPR. So that makes it so receivers have a better chance of going off without the quarterback going off on DraftKings. Okay.
0: Any other... uh, I guess just in general, are you setting wildly different groups between FanDuel and DraftKings, or are you keeping that largely consistent across both sites? I'm just trying to think of some questions that people would be asking heading into week one.
2: Um. Yeah. As far as players, I'm, I'm playing or try not to play together, I guess. I don't necessarily set groups uh, in the NFL, but uh, it definitely is something to consider where if you stack up... uh, We're on this Minnesota-Green Bay game, so I'll stick with that. If you stack up Rodgers-Adams, throwing Aaron Jones in there isn't really an advantage at all. So you just want to be smart about how you build your lineup just because... um, If you do use an optimizer and you set rules, like if you have a a running back that doesn't catch a ton of passes, then like you might get lineups with those guys, but not the correlation that you want.
0: Guys, you're getting the goods here. This is the boss man himself, the number one player in the world. I think we should be looking for a couple more thumbs ups on this video, 230 people in here, 38 likes. That's not the ratio that I'm looking for. Let's bump that number up a little bit as we get started digging into a little bit of DraftKings. So right now on our screen, I have our NFL lineup builder. Um, you can build an individual lineup. You could export it to a CSV file, import that directly into FanDuel or DraftKings work seamlessly. We're going to put together a lineup here. Do we want to build something in the with a cash game slant? I see cash on this particular week as kind of difficult. Um, it, it, to me, it's going to rely more on just your raw projections than, uh, than on other weeks, just given seeing uh, Christian McCaffrey only being 22% owned. There's not this piece of 4K value that's 45% owned that you immediately start your lineup with this week. Uh, do you have any thoughts to to a build in cash on a week like this?
2: Yeah, there, there's no slam dunk plays this week. So I'm definitely just looking at who's got the good matchups, who's a little bit underpriced, and uh, you got to know what value you're looking for on DraftKings. About two point four x. If if a player is above two point four x, that means they're good value, and the number one player on my new big board this week is Josh Jacobs. Okay. The Raiders, I'm I'm not super high on on them this year. They have a really tough schedule, but now in week one, they're facing the Panthers. They're favored by three points. They're projected for 25 points. And uh, Josh Jacobs is their workhorse back over the offseason. They even touted him catching more passes. So that's probably the guy I would start off my cash lineup with this week.
0: Jacobs also picking up a, a sizable chunk of ownership, at least for this slate um, coming in right now, third overall, nineteen and a half percent. So if we do slot in Josh Jacobs, he hops in immediately. You can see all I did was just click the plus sign next to Josh Jacobs' name. He slots himself directly into the lineup right here, easy peasy. So, do you are, do you have any hard and fast rules with regards to a cash lineup in the NFL? Are you trying to stack? Are you not as worried about it? Is it, are you just sort of playing it by year depending on who that quarterback ends up being?
2: I think it, it just doesn't really matter a lot in cash. Uh, we do want to make a distinction between different kinds of cash because, yeah. like, it can get confused in the industry. I really only consider head to heads and double ups like cash. Yeah. If you're in a three man or like a, a, a booster or something like that, that's where you start incorporating more GPP strategy. But in a head to head, it's like most of the time your opponent's gonna have like a lot of the same players as you anyway. So if you have a Josh Jacobs uh, sorry, if you have like an Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams stack and they have Devontae Adams, like the net result is you're not stacked. Right. So I don't worry about stacking at all. Okay. Uh, I don't try to do it or avoid it in cash.
0: The and that's a good point on making the distinction uh, think about it a little bit the easiest way to think about it i think is to think about how much of the uh the pool is going out in a particular contest so in a head-to-head you know you're getting it all in a three max or in a you know a, a three man it's one third for those guys you're starting to get it a little bit more gpp even though there's only three guys in there the payout structure is a little bit different so again 50 50s double ups head to heads going to be a little bit more similar uh, as you start getting into like the quints and the, you know, winner, take all type stuff. Even if they're small, if you're only paying out one of the 10 guys, you're treating that a little bit differently.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, like people underwrite the amount of game theory that goes into like a three man, for example, like one of my favorite things to do is, like, I don't have time to actually do this, but if you see like two guys and a three man that like always have like pretty close to the same lineups, and you, you can predict what these guys' lineups are going to be because they, they are like drawn from different sites. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like an aggregate or maybe just optimal of a site. Or, I mean, if you're really diving into it, you can predict pretty accurately what someone's cash lineups going to be. And then if you know two players are in there, if you just make a different lineup, that that goes off the board from those picks. like, you're going to have a great shot at winning versus those uh, two players. So like that adds a lot of strategy to it. So um, I'm definitely taking a different approach. If I'm playing a a, a tournament that awards more than double your buy-in. Okay.
0: So I'm looking at your projections right now. I have them pulled up on the screen. I sorted them by value and the number one value of every single play on the slate. going to be a lot of quarterbacks at the top. Tyrod Taylor is at the number one spot. Would that just be the where you start for building out a DraftKings cash lineup?
2: Yeah, not. I mean, I gotta maybe I need to change my value metric. I, I worked on a new one because uh, on on DraftKings and FanDuel they price quarterbacks so much differently than uh, on uh, than the other positions. Sure. So I'm pulling up my my notes here. Yeah, quarterback on average is three point two dollars points per dollar on DraftKings. Running back is two point four points per dollar, and all the other positions are about two point four as well. Okay, so just going off points per dollar might not be the best metric. Um, so that might be something I, I try to, to to work into the content uh, now that I've done this. But uh, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, you gotta like him this week. So he's he is a strong cash play. Um, going up against the Bengals, their defense, uh, didn't really do much last year. He's a uh, guy gets a lot of yards on the ground. He can, he has pretty good, uh, players he's playing around this week too. Or I mean, this year too. So I think that he's in a good spot.
0: Okay. Uh, we also see if, if we're stepping away from the quarterback spot for a second, Paris Campbell, the highest-valued play of any non-quarterback. You see Josh Jacobs coming in second. T.Y. Hilton coming in third. <laughs> and if you're looking for a defense, I highly recommend football team. They are the <laughs> highest value as of right now. Uh, the The abbreviations for this and the short names for this throughout the season are just funny. It was really funny to see like football team be listed in – <laughs> in in a name sup- slot of a csv
2: i, I got a lot I, the, the football name football team name is growing on me i I think it's kind of like a funny like meta name where like every other team is named after something else and this one team is just named after exactly what it is so it's it, th- kind of funny but uh, they're cheap this week so uh that's a good enough reason to put them in
0: i was gonna say my next question would have been for defense is it sort of just you take whatever you have left at the end or if there is a particularly chalky defense is that a direction you want to try to pay attention to
2: yeah i mean one good way to build cash is look at who the chalk is um as you mentioned this week it might not help you too much right but Ah, uh, the Patriots defense versus Miami. I mean, Fitzmagic always throws a ton of touch, uh interceptions, so that'll give them a really nice uh upside. Um, so that would be a defense I consider. And uh, Washington doesn't have a great matchup versus Philadelphia, but that price is is pretty good. So one, of the, I'd probably go with one of those two. Okay,
0: so I just ran a crunch. Um, using fantasy cruncher, awesome mode.com. You can get it as an add on, uh, your projections are in it. This is running with literally every team. I don't think that I could put Pat Mahomes in a main slate lineup. So let me go ahead and actually pick the slate instead of just running it on things that don't exist. Uh, as you mentioned, we put Josh Jacobs in the first build Josh Jacobs on the crunch that I am currently running is showing up in literally every single lineup in the top 50. Now this is an unencumbered crunch. I didn't set anything other than projections, no exposure caps, no randomness, one unique, nothing crazy. Paris Campbell, a hundred percent of the lineups, Josh Jacobs, a hundred percent of the lineups. I'm thinking we should be slotting Paris Campbell into a cash lineup based on your projections.
2: Yeah, I think Paris Campbell I don't feel like great about him but the the price is is really good. Uh he's 4K so <laughs> like that that's about like if you know this guy's going to be on the field like most of the game which I think he will be. Um I think he's a great cash play.
0: Tyrod Taylor showed up in 49 of the 50 lineups. Only Cam oh, Newton man. made the other. It, would nice. you would you say that we need to be going to Tyrod Taylor in this case? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Let's go ahead and slot Tyrod Taylor in. Uh, Where are you hiding, Tyrod? There you are. Some of the other guys that showed up um, in the large majority. T.Y. Hilton, 98%. Now, that would be my next question here. That would give you two Colts wide receivers. Does that give you any pause in a cash game? And if that's the case... Uh, Does that change your thought process as to who your quarterback should be? I know this is sort of like a layered, we're we're peeling (laughs) back the layers of the onion on this one.
2: So I I think like in cash, like the thing is wide receivers from the same team have basically zero correlation, Mm -hmm. but if you sum them up, obviously you're getting close to the quarterback projection. So if both of them had big games, like, you'd have having a GPP lineup. That's the scenario you're going for Then you'd want rivers probably, but in cash, I'm happy if one of them does well and the other does nothing. So mm-hmm. like, I'm perfectly happy, like stacking up all the receivers on a team because like maybe that even kind of increases your floor a little bit because one of them is getting targeted.
0: Perfect. Well, then I am going to go ahead and slot everyone's favorite T Y Hilton into this lineup. So now we have, Taylor, Jacobs, Campbell, Hilton, four spots set. We have 27900 Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In
2: line at the deli, I guess? Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting? Really?
0: Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. $100 remaining. That's a $5,500 and for 5580 average remaining salary. A couple more guys showing up at the top and I'll get your thoughts on the Miles Sanders, Michael Thomas, Hayden Hurst, Zach Ertz. All four of those guys showing up north of 40%. Uh, any of those guys stand out to you as uh, potential cash options as we build out this DraftKings cash lineup in our lineup builder?
2: Miles Sanders, I might not put it in a cash lineup this week because they said something about his workload not being as high in week one. Okay. I still got to account for that in my projections, but that increases the uncertainty in a GPP. Like, it wouldn't really affect my take that much. I mean, we saw with Brandon Cooks, like, the net impact of his quad injury was basically zero. So, uh, Miles Sanders
0: also projected for the second most ownership on the slate, if that changes your decision at all.
2: Yeah, I just think that maybe, um, we were, we, I, I posted my projections before I like took into account this news. So, sure. obviously, you want to take into account all the news and, and the projections will be up to date by Sunday. I'll, I'll do it. Later this afternoon, but yeah, um, that kind of uncertainty makes me think maybe uh, the GPPs is fine, but in cash, I might uh, wait a week. Oh, okay. so, yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas is a great uh, great cash option every week if you can afford him. Uh, he's 9k this week, so that's what we're getting with our Paris Campbell shares. So I think he makes a nice cash play.
0: Right, we good? Oh, yeah, Whew. Screen shape changed a little bit and I couldn't see the preview window on YouTube any longer. And I was like, tell me we just dropped the stream.
2: <laughs> we're, we're oh, all good. Man, yeah.
0: So I slotted Michael Thomas into the lineup. We need a running back, a tight end, the flex spot and the defense. I assume we're leaving defense until the final spot. $18,900 remaining $4,700 on average. Do you see anybody when you're looking at your data right now that we should be looking at for a cash game build?
2: um well let me go over to my new big board because that's uh kind of what i'm thinking uh it would be a really good tool for cash i know like you do your contenders and i was kind of like that's that's pretty neat so um running backs we got McCaffrey, zeke uh kamara cook obviously these guys are all super expensive so I'm going to scroll down until I find one that's a little bit cheaper. Maybe Todd Gurley. Uh, He's a guy that has a lot of injury history, but in week one, we're not as worried about that. Or uh, actually, maybe I prefer James Conner because he uh, has been anointed as the workhorse in Pittsburgh, Yeah. and he's got a matchup versus New York Giants, who are a pretty bad team. So yeah, I think the game script could be good there too.
0: Uh, Connor, where are you hiding? Is he on the slate? That a, that's oh, a, that's a night I'm game, sorry. isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm, I must have messed up the slate then. You're, so, you're but, fine. Uh,
0: I did it earlier. I was getting Pat Mahomes in our crunch. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, the, the cash running backs, it looks like all the good ones are, are pretty expensive. Um so I guess going to, is Gurley on the slate? I,
0: yes. We can slot so, Gurley uh, in. He works yeah. pretty well from a price perspective. That would leave us $12,800 for a tight end, a flex, and a defense. And obviously, you know, defense not going to be all that expensive. So uh, we can be pretty solid with tight end and flex. Hayden Hurst was the guy that popped up a ton when I ran the, uh, the dummy crunch using the projections. Hayden Hurst in 62% of lineups. $1,500 more expensive, Zach Ertz, 44% of lineups. Do you have a preference between the two just looking at their raw numbers?
2: Um. Well, I think Zach Ertz is the proven commodity. Hayden Hurst is kind of uh, maybe a guy that we can't feel quite as confident in, but he's, he's cheaper, so I don't mind going to either one. Maybe just to make this salary work, we go with Hurst.
0: Okay. If we see that we have anything extra, uh, we could easily upgrade. Flex and defense, $8,500 remaining total. So we can get pretty loose with the the flex spot. From a defensive perspective, we got 32% Patriots in the unencumbered crunch, 18% Jets, 14% Dolphins, 12% Cardinals. So in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty flat, uh distribution for defenses patriots about a thousand dollars more expensive than most of the other teams that i mentioned do you mind the price on the patriots or is it just sort of easier to take the savings on defense and get a better flex option
2: um yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense to me because obviously the more money you spend on someone the more consistent they're going to be where defense is just such a highly variant position to begin with that putting in the football team. (laughs) Maybe that's our safest bet.
0: Let's go with it, then. I think that's what we need to do. I think that's reasonable. Where are they hiding?
2: Are they not on the slate? I can't remember. (laughs) I I can't...
0: No, they they are, they are. Oh, they are. Football team in, flat 2,000. Oh, man.
2: The lineup builder still says Redskins, so I can... uh, (laughs) <laughs> we need to get up
0: a- it says reconnection successful we're gonna go we're gonna end up on a different link but <laughs> okay. andrew mox's redskins kill stream <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah apparently the youtube didn't like us saying that word so let's avoid avoid that like it's voldemort uh all right alan robinson he he could be a decent option because i know it's trubisky but he, he has such volume and uh Alliance defense isn't anything to really be worried about.
0: Well it's good that you're getting in the homer pick of Alan Robinson.
2: <laughs> well you gotta have at least one homer pick in your lineup to three or four on Sunday. So
0: So we have a projection of the lineup that we just built right now on the stream. One fifty one point zero four.
2: That is pretty high. I like it. I mean one
0: fifty one point one eight was the optimal that came out of FC. Oh. Nice. So I think we just built a pretty tasty cash lineup for DraftKings.
2: I think you're right.
0: I know we had some technical difficulties, everybody, but 340 concurrent viewers right now, 100 likes, and we just gave away the goods. We just built a cash lineup for you. The least that you can do is hit the thumbs up, help us out here a little bit. Um, when it comes to... Oh, I do want to hit on a little bit of... of Uh, fc theory here for you and i have lineup study pulled up again from the slant from last year when it comes to running crunches at least for the nfl are you running multiple stack types and combining crunches are you trying to get everything into one crunch do you have any recommendations for the user on how to best use FC from an NFL perspective? Because I think the NFL is going to run a little bit differently than basically every other sport that you could be playing.
2: Yeah, I think I'll start off with the general settings you want to probably use in your lineup. Um, One would be like unique players. Like you usually don't want to have all the players overlap except one. So I'd set that to three at least for NFL. And that's gonna
0: you're gonna say three for any sort of main slate. If you're playing something smaller, are you more likely to to lower that number just given the uh, the lesser combinations of players?
2: Yeah, just on two game slates, maybe not having three. But if there's three plus, like there's enough games to to pull that off. Okay. Um. Then randomness, I'd usually set that depending on classic. Classic, maybe I'd set that between 25 and 50 depending on how diversified you want like your crunch to look um if you're using fc pro then maybe going higher to like 100 to 150 would be how i'd set it um so those are kind of uh, to to get a lot of different players in your lab so that you can pick the ones you like the best
0: Now, in those situations, if we're set, let's say we're setting this to, you know what, I can just do this. So let's say we were setting this to three uniques. I, (laughs) for some strange reason, don't have FC Pro in my Osimo FC. So I could just, I guess, go to uh, non-Osimo FC. But for right now, we have non-Pro randomness. So you were recommending what exactly?
2: 25 to 50.
0: Okay, Let's, let's split the difference. Let's call it 35 for right now. All right. And I'm going to run a crunch of 150 lineups. My assumption in this, and this is what I want to ask you about, is we should probably be seeing some wildly different projected values for some lineups because of the amount of randomness and the amount of uniques. If I sort this by uh, projected score, the highest projected lineup, 148.42, the lowest of the 150, 129.31. Is that, would you be uh, just removing a a chunk of those from the bottom? Is there a gap between your highest projected lineup and your lowest projected lineup that you don't want to try to be greater than? How would you balance uh, the projections from top to bottom?
2: Yeah, I think that um, you want to delete the lineups that don't have a minimum projection you're looking for. So if the optimal is 150, I think you're you're safe if you stay above one forty if you're going below ten points from the optimal, then you want to use more discretion in choosing those lineups to make sure that you're accomplishing the right things with what you're doing. but if you're above a certain threshold, it'll guarantee your lineups are are pretty competitive um so it depends how in depth you want to go
0: okay. Um, well, let's just say that we are going to use that 10 point threshold. So I'm going to get rid of everything that is below that doesn't have a four as it's second digit. So anything under 140, uh, for those of you that do use FC fun little trick here, I'm going to right click on this check mark and I'm going to unselect the lineups above. This doesn't check any of these boxes. It just checks everything below 140 at which point I'm going to delete the selected lineup. So that takes our 150 lineups down to 102. At that point, you would just run another 48. Would you trim the fat again at the bottom until you get to that 150? Would that would that be a decent sort of starting point uh, for a new user for FC?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, well, let's, let's go back and let's set some other settings because obviously like we don't have the stacking we want here. For so. sure.
0: Okay, let, so let's, uh, let's take a look at it. First place you're going, is it groups or is it position stacks? Or is it team stacks?
2: Yeah, this really depends on how much time like you, you want to invest in, in it and how much you're sorting through the lineups afterwards. So like the ideal situation, I know a lot of guys go to groups yeah. and they'll go team by team and set exactly who they want as their stacks. Because if you... Uh, just say you want like two wide receivers or tight ends, maybe you get some, like two bad wide receivers and tight ends, but then the stud one's not in your lineup. So you know, like the groups allows you the maximum like customization on that. I don't personally use that because I'm going through afterwards and kind of evaluating the lineups in, in a holistic way. But I think that uh, if you're, if you're spending an hour plus building your lineups that groups is an ideal way to go.
0: Perfect. So, since we do not have an hour, we have 16 <laughs> minutes until this show is up. Before you get to talk uh, some season-long style fantasy football coming up in 15 minutes, let's head over to the position stack section. If you had to set, if you could set one stat, or one rule and one rule only, are you st- setting a stack rule or a limit rule? Because you can do one or the other. You could limit the amount of uh, combinations that you put together, or you can force feed uh, a quarterback with at least a wide receiver, at least a tight end, two of those things. What would be the first thing that you're going to set here?
2: Honestly, I've never tried the limit rule, so maybe you can explain that one after we talk about the stack rule. Sure. But, uh,
0: I do so use this... it, actually.
2: Oh, you do? Okay. Stack rule um, is is really handy for NFL because uh, I'll usually do four different crunches. Okay. Um, I'll either have at least one wide receiver or tight end, at least two running back, wide receiver, tight end from the same team, and then I'll run those individually. And then I'll also run crunches with one running back, wide receiver, tight end from the opposite team for the game stack. Okay, so like half the lineups that crunch are game stacked, and half are not. Excellent. So, that's, uh, that's how I do it
0: okay so let's I'm just gonna start off with the more aggressive game stack version of this, so that would be at least two wide receiver or tight end correct
2: yep or and- well um one way I set it up I'll say at least one wide receiver tight end and at least two running back wide receiver tight end um but the downside of that is you are gonna get some lineups that you don't want, but you're not excluding others that you might um where you have a running back that does catch a lot of passes. So um, like a James White would be a quintessential example. Okay. It depends like how much work you want to do to, to sort through them. But uh, for, for the ease of generating lamps, you're going to be safer if you do two wide receiver tight end.
0: Okay. Do you want to bring somebody back on this particular example crunch for us?
2: Yeah, I think the the viewers all there out there they want to know how are, how are we winning a million bucks this week. The game stack is really your best bet when you get those large field tournaments.
0: Is that, would that be an at least one or exactly one?
2: At least one.
0: Okay. And I mean
2: you... usually it will be exactly one. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly yeah. because yeah, like it, it it most of the time it's suboptimal to stack up a game uh, from a projection standpoint.
0: My other question here on your bring back, do you have a problem including the running back regardless of how he plays?
2: I always include the running back. Okay. So
0: this would be QB with at least one running back wide receiver tight end from the opposing team. Yeah. Nothing to stop the other team from being successful running the ball and still being involved in it. There's, there's no correlation in that regard. Um,
2: Running slows down the game. So that is a negative. But, uh, like, you, you do see a lot of games where one running back puts up a lot of points, and that forces the other team to pass a lot. So I don't want to exclude that.
0: Okay. So now I have quarterback with at least two wide receivers or tight ends from the same team, at least one running back wide receiver tight end from the opposing team. This is a situation where there are sometimes where I would set a, a limit rule where, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. You might, this might be limiting myself too much, limiting the amount of stacking that would happen without having my quarterback involved in the lineup. Would you want the rest of your lineup to have, say, a running back and a wide receiver from another team without having the quarterback?
2: That's a great question. I, I, I guess this is something I definitely could use more because uh, that has a lot of value. So what I would want to avoid is stacking up more wide receivers and tight ends than you have in your stack. So if you set a stack of one wide receiver tight end, I would limit it to one from another team perhaps because if you have Allen Robinson and Trubisky along with Paris Campbell and Hilton like if Ferris Campbell and Hilton crack the winning lineup, Phillip Rivers is going to be more likely than Trubisky to be in it. So that lineup doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: So normally what I would set in the case that we're about to run is I would limit the number of running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends from the same team to one player unless paired with the quarterback or the opposing quarterback.
2: Nice. That's pretty pretty sweet.
0: Okay. I'm going to check that box. Would you say that now we are set up to run the crunch? Yes. Three unique players, 35% randomness, a couple stacking rules, they're all on the screen right now. I know we've been getting questions about this a lot in Slack, so I'll definitely be uh, pushing our Slack to check out this video if they haven't already. And um, for the people that are here, the 427 of you and only 134 likes, not quite enough, uh, we appreciate having you. I think you'll enjoy this video. So I'm gonna click calculate as of right now. Now, because of us setting those rules, I'm expecting to see a bigger disparity in our projected points now. Um, There were no stacks set up previously, so we weren't getting too far away from top and bottom. Now, when I sort this, I'm expecting the lowest projected lineup to have a fairly low projection.
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, when you force the game stacks, there, there are some games this week that I'm sure are duds, so... Uh, you're going to end up with some some crappy lineups. Of course, we only need the like, X number to enter, so and you can crunch as many as you want. So that's not a problem.
0: Okay, so we knew that the optimal earlier was about 150. The highest projected lineup that we have in this particular crunch, 146.84. The lowest projected crunch, 128.88. Uh, would th- Would you be in the same sort of scenario now? We want to try to lop off probably like the bottom... 30 to 40 lineups?
2: Yeah, I think um, you want to go off the max projection because I know a lot of people out there are probably doing different randomness. So yeah. if we're going to establish a different rule. Like the more randomness you use, I, I like it more because you get like more interesting lineups, but you also get more crappy lineups. Yeah. So you want to eliminate more and more randomness. We didn't use a ton of randomness. So I think just eliminating like the bottom 50 or whatever, or 30, 30, you know that should be sufficient.
0: Okay. So I'll just pick a spot. Let's see if I unselect the lineups above that lead that would delete 38 lineups. I think that's nice. more than fine. Now would you just go ahead and then regenerate those 38 lineups?
2: Um well if I'm going for 150, I probably set it to crunch like 500 or something, but yeah, of course you can always add more to the crunch. Um it does become kind of tedious because you got to like resort them. And then you got to click a bunch of extra buttons doing it that way. But
0: I'm going to recrunch those 38 for right now, just to fill it out. And we're, we're still going to show up with some that are relatively low, but what I want to do is get your uh, thought process more so on ownership here. And then we're going to have to get out of here and turn this one over to NFL round two. We got Josh Jacobs in 58% of lineups, TY Hilton in 49 Paris Campbell in 44, Philip Rivers in 32. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to say that it's an unintended consequence, but clearly Philip Rivers is climbing to the top of uh, this particular crunch due to T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell being exceptional values. Is that something that you're paying attention to in your construction process, or are you just treating quarterback as sort of the thing that comes along with the rest of your lineup?
2: Yeah, I think with the game stack, like, the the premise is, like, you really don't know which game is going to go off. So if you, 40% of your lineups are stacking the same game, that's not really going to give you a lot of exposure to, to different games. So that would be a situation where maybe um, we set more stringent rules on how many of each player we can get or something like that. Um, it does become a little bit more complicated because then uh, the more lineups you eliminate, the more lineups with the cold stack you're going to get. So um, there is some finesse to to getting the results you want, but ultimately, at at the end of the day, it's kind of like, what strategy do you want to use and how can you use Fantasy Cruncher to achieve that? So um, this is all stuff you can play around with.
0: Yeah, final question before we get out of here. Would this be a case where... For right now, I, I filtered to just the Philip Rivers lineups. Would would this be a case where you would delete some of the bottom of the Philip Rivers lineups and then simply just remove him from the crunch and re-crunch some additional lineups, knowing that you will then definitely not get Philip Rivers, but that won't stop you from getting Paris Campbell or T.Y. Hilton in other lineups?
2: Yeah, definitely. I like that. I think like one thing you could do if uh, if you're using this is... You just go quarterback by quarterback and pick the top X lineups from each. That gives you full control over how many stacks of each team you have. Yeah,
0: That's a really good point. Um, For those of you that are using FC, if you hit this button uh, that says actions, this is something that I've done in the past. You can create an empty crunch. Um, So what I would do is create an empty crunch, call it, you know, you could rename it, call it my lineups if you want, call it whatever you would choose. And then you can say, I'm going to look at these Teddy Bridgewater lineups. I look at the top lineup. I don't really like that one. Let's say that I like this second Teddy Bridgewater lineup. I can then move that lineup. I can select it and copy. See, now, right now I have everything selected. So if I unselect every lineup and just select that Teddy Bridgewater lineup, I can copy that to my lineups and slowly but surely build out my collection of lineups. So now I have one here. I could add a couple more uh, Aaron Rodgers lineups, copy those to my lineups, and then individually build it through that mechanism. Plenty of ways that you can go about it, but I think we gave a pretty good blueprint for at least how to get a basic setup in FC uh, for week one of the NFL. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on, Alex?
2: Oh, I mean, I think this, uh, this pretty much covered it. The one thing I'll say is, like, um, it, it does help uh, the more time you have to go through each individual lineup and make sure it meets kind of what you're looking for. So at the end of the day, as you kind of choosing your favorite lineups, I think that encompasses all the, like, intangible parts of your process that maybe you can't quite perfect it using the software. So uh, obviously, the more work you put into to building your lineups, like the better results you're going to get, the happier with them you're going to be. So, I mean, that's not exactly uh, (laughs) something you didn't already know because like the more you try, like probably the better it's going to go.
0: (sighs) Week one in the NFL has started as of yesterday. The big one starting on Sunday. I know I can't wait. Uh, We will have a ton of content, both video and written. Alex's projections, ownership, top stacks we have it all so you make sure go to slash join and sign up it's the perfect time to do so we've got a ton of content going on uh alex do you have any more shows anything today are you doing anything over the weekend
2: well we got uh of course we have strategy shows every day yeah. uh, i'm gonna be on on the contrary tomorrow with uh laffy and we have our special guest chris bags
0: <laughs> welcome back
2: of course we got our sunday shows i think i'm on the first one of the day it starts at 9 a.m eastern i think or is it i think it's 10 a.m i, I think we're doing three straight hours
0: i think it'll be 10 a.m because okay. i'll be on from noon to one with greg Ehrenberg doing live before lock for year number three
2: nice looking forward to it
0: Alrighty, guys thank you for joining us please hit the like button on your way out the door Best of luck uh, this NFL season. Alex and I will be doing this show uh, weekly, I believe, and uh, we'll be able to dig in a little bit more to uh, individual week specifics as we go on, but I wanted to hit some more of the, the higher level stuff as we get back into the NFL season. So good luck this Sunday, and we'll talk to you again. Well, Sunday, I guess. <laughs>